been in the, in the middle of the series, um, focused on the on the book of Matthew, right in this chapter, chapter six. And as you, uh, if you've been tracking along the last few weeks, chapter six is where uh, Jesus is is. Standing on the edge of a hill, he's got a massive crowd of people that are listening to him, hearing his teaching, and he's talking about uh, the Jesus way of life. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the Jesus model. Last week, I talked about the things that we that we input, like that we put into our, feed our lives with, and and what we um, and how Jesus should be number one. Jesus should be our, our top priority, and we've got to be aware that um, sometimes we we set things as as uh, other other priorities, and this this whole this whole series, which wraps up next week with um, uh, Caleb and Fenner are going to be sharing. But Nick, the the series really uh, kind of revolves and hinges on this phrase that comes towards the end of Matthew chapter six, where uh, I think it'll be up on the screen. Here we go. But seek first the seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first. First thing that we seek, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And it, um, in, this, in this teaching, Jesus talks about the way that we can have fullness of life. And we all want fullness of life, I think. We all want to have full lives. And Jesus says that the key is to make sure the number one priority, where our attention is set, where our affections are drawn, uh, where the, the treasure of our hearts is to be the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if we get this right, then all these other things sort of fall into place. All these things will be added to you. And sort of a bit of a, bit of a sidestep, um, but here's my segue. Seeking involves seeing. Seeking involves seeing. And today I'm going to narrow in on this because as, as followers of Jesus or, or people that want to set him as our high priority, we need to see things differently. We need to see things like situations, uh, events, the things that happen in our lives, the things that happen in the world. We need to see those through the lens of the kingdom of God, through his advancing kingdom. And in our, in our faith that Jesus is indeed the king of kings, that he does have a good plan for our world, that he has saved us, and, um, and that everything that happens is actually uh, allowed to happen um, through him. And so I really want to just narrow in on this, this uh, about seeing things differently and, see, and seeking um, and think about, well, how, how do we do it? Uh, how do we begin to see things differently? And uh, the area that I want to focus on is thankfulness, being thankful, living thankfully. It sounds, it sounds really simple, but it's, it's actually very powerful, and it's actually very life-changing. Thankfulness comes from actually seeing, seeing things differently, seeing things through a different lens. Thankfulness, uh, and the kind of thankfulness I'm talking about, doesn't depend on, on how we're feeling, uh, but, but choosing to trust God in that. So, bit of background. Wellington is, of course, the world's number one city. Uh, yeah, right? Wellington is the best. And one of the great things about Wellington is if you ever get on a bus in Wellington, um, people might be as grumpy as anything. The drivers might be terrible. But when we get off the bus, we yell, Thank you, driver! 
thank you, driver. And as, I think as long as I can remember, it's always been this thing, thank you, driver. It's a, great, it's a great tradition. Saying thanks when someone does something for you, uh, it's, it's part of being polite, isn't it? And um, when someone buys you a coffee, thanks, Tom, for buying me a coffee the other day where I, when I did the old um, where's my wallet dance move when we met at a cafe. Oh, I forgot my wallet. <laughs> thank you for the coffee. When someone gives you a present, thank you for, thank you for that present. Um, when someone uh, does the dishes, uh, thank you for washing the dishes. You know, it's part of being being polite. And Wellingtonians are very good at saying thanks to bus drivers. Might not be good at other. Yes, we are. We're great at other things, but we're very good at thank you at thanking bus drivers. Coming up this week on Thursday is, if you live in America, Thanksgiving Day. And and this one holiday of the uh, from the Americans that I'd gladly appropriate, right? They just ditch Halloween. I know Halloween didn't come from America, but let's get rid of that. Let's appropriate Thanksgiving Day. Um, and Thanksgiving Day began. Uh, if there's if there's anyone from the US here, then um, throw stones at me if I get this wrong. But I believe it began. Well, Wikipedia told me it began when uh, um, settlers, colonists. Um, they used to have these Thanksgiving feasts and events. They'd thank God for what was going on. Um, settlers in New England, they had a three-day feast to thank God for blessing them with the harvest. And then it became, became a, a national holiday uh, when Abraham Lincoln, in 1863, he proclaimed a national day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent I think I'm saying that right. Father who dwelleth in heaven. Did I get that right? Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, no, I mean, if you're from the US, did I get that right? No. <laughs> I think I did. That's what Thanksgiving Day is all about. And I reckon that as followers of Jesus, as, as worshippers of God, that uh, Christians, we ought to be marked with thankfulness. And to borrow like this really uh, cheesy phrase, to have an attitude of Gratitude. Have an attitude of gratitude. Every day being a Thanksgiving day, or I titled this talk Thanksgiving Days. Yeah. Thanksgiving Days. Because apart from, apart from saying thank you to the bus driver, I reckon this is something that's missing from our culture. It's missing in our society. I mean, I keep on, I keep on bringing this up, but if you make the mistake of looking at comments on on stuff articles, um, on news articles, almost always they're, they're complaining about what's going on, complaining about uh, this, like uh, roadworks or, uh, you know, who's, who's the city council or whatever, right? It's always complaining, always whining, always ranting and raging. Hardly ever do you actually see a, a comment where somebody is going, you know, they're thank, thankful or they're grateful. And I, I found it's actually pretty frightening how infectious this sort of negativity, this pervading ne- negativity actually is. It really, it can kind of like get under our skin, it can get into our hearts, it can change how we, how we think and how we view uh, situations and events. Um, we begin to uh, see, see the bad, see the, see the negative aspects of things before we even think of the good. Uh, or to use that cliche, we see the cup is half empty rather than being half full. 
Every inconvenience becomes a major drama, a major disaster, a rainy day. Oh, goodness, it's raining again. What a horrible spring we've had. It's raining again. A traffic jam. Oh, goodness me. Why can't the city council and the NZTA and the government just sort out our lousy roading system in Wellington? What's going on with the Basin Reserve? You know, can you feel it? <laughs> My ranting is like going, right, this is, what, this is what's going on. And internally, internally, like um, Jesus said, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So if that's what's coming out, then what's going on in our hearts, right? If that's what's coming out of our mouths, then what's going on in our hearts? What kind of emotions are we experiencing? And my guess is um, if we're speaking out stuff like that, then actually we're not, we're not, um, we're not feeling joyful. Uh, we're not feeling peaceful and happy and content and having that fullness of life that Jesus is actually talking about. And instead, instead we have uh, feelings of, I think, uh, insecurity, uh, feelings of fear, feelings of uh, worry, like these sort of negative aspects, negative views. Um, I had a, quite a few years ago, I shared an office with a bunch of people and there was one person in my office and she I just seemed so negative about, you know, about life in general. And she'd arrive, arrive at work and you'd go, how are you, how are you going? And always it would be, be bad news, it would be terrible. And um, you go, how was your weekend? And it might have been an awesome weekend, but then she'd complain about being back at work for the week. Or it might have been an awful weekend, and then she'd complain about that as well. And it's like, oh my goodness, like, what's going on? What's going on for her? Um, if, I'd been, if I'd been a bit more onto it, I'd go, well, is there anything good? Is there anything good? You can tell me. Um, but the, what I found was that when, when I talked to her, I began to feel the same way. And I might have started the day, it might have been a Monday morning, and and, uh, and I might have felt all right about being at work. And then when she'd t- start telling me about how terrible it was to be at work, I'd start going, oh, it actually really is terrible to be at work. Does that, does that um, kind of, you know what I'm picking, you're picking up what I'm putting down, right? Monday-itis. There's nothing good about a Monday. But I reckon that as follows Jesus, we've got to be confronted with this because actually we've got something good. We've got something good going on. We, as followers of Jesus, we've been saved from death to life. We're, like each day, actually, we're walking in eternal life. This is good news. We ought to be marked with thankfulness. And it's a thankfulness that comes from seeing, seeing the world differently, seeing situations differently. Uh, right in the middle of uh, Matthew 6 is the Lord's Prayer. And in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, uh, the first half is all like focusing on God and His kingdom and um, inviting that. And then it starts to, it kind of turns and we start to pray for ourselves. And we pray, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today the things that we need for today. Uh, give me, uh, Lord Jesus, give me my toast in the morning with peanut butter on one and honey on the other and a cup of coffee. It doesn't finish because I don't like it when my coffee cup's empty. Give us today what we need for today. And, and this prayer, this, you know, we have this phrase because it's like, okay, Lord, it's sort of like this trust, trusting that the Lord's going to provide for today what we need for today. Give us today what we need for today. Uh, I can't help but talk about, talk about Elena. I'm learning a lot about, I think, about Father God from being a father. And Elena comes to me and she goes, uh, I want something to eat. I say, well, what do you say? And she goes, she finally figures it out. Please, please, Daddy, can I have something to eat? And, she, and then she goes, uh, and I go, what do you want? And she goes, I don't know. You tell me. 
<laughs> okay. okay, and she started doing this thing where she goes, she wants something crunchy, I want something crunchy, you know, I want something, and she, the other day she goes, I want something, I want something cold, and, and I want something hot, she wanted something hot and cold at the same time, but anyway, sometimes it's easy to figure out, like, um, and, as, and as long as it's not, um, you know, too much chocolate or ice cream, I usually try to get it, get it for you, and I give it to her, and then I say, well, what do you say, Elena? And, and again, like, takes her a wee while. And then she finally she figures out. She goes, thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. And sometimes she does it without even prompting, which is even better. And that kind of goes, oh, I'm doing something right. I'm parenting well. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little thing. Sorry. I'll take that. And then when she says thank you, I want to give her even more. I want to go, oh, oh Elena, I'll, I'm going to get you some of that chocolate that we hide on, hide on the top shelf. She's out in the other room. I'm going to give you some of that top shelf chocolate. God is our father, right? God is our father. He's, he's our father. He's our perfectly heavenly father. He's way better than me uh, and, and way better than my dad. And my dad's actually pretty good too. Um, and I reckon that he is just like us in many ways. And he likes to be thanked. Not, not for his own self-esteem. He's God. He doesn't need to be thanked for his own self-esteem or uh, as a reward. But I reckon he likes to be thanked. He likes to, uh, he likes to have children that actually are grateful for what he provides. And I reckon that he responds also to uh, grateful hearts and to, and to us being thankful. Thankfulness it means like thanking God for providing. And so if we ever pray, give us today our daily bread, and then we, then we have breakfast or we have a cup of coffee or actually, you know, we've, we've eaten that day, then at the end of the day, maybe we should say thanks, God, for providing my daily bread today. Thank you, God. We actually have a great opportunity daily to thank God. God provides. Give us today our daily bread and he provides. You're all here. He's provided your daily bread, provided these things. Uh, last week I talked about um, James, James 1, 17. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. He gives us gifts, and we can thank God for these gifts. We can thank God for a million small things, like our breakfast or uh, our coffee. Man, how many times have I mentioned coffee today? I've only had three so far. But I'm thanking God for our coffee, Th- thanking God that we've got a roof over our head. Thank you, God, that we've actually got a church space to meet in today. Uh, thank you, God, that we've got freedom together as a church when all around the world people can't do that today. Thank you, Lord. We've got so many things to be grateful for every single day, every single day. And then if we can't think of anything to be thankful for, then we can thank uh, Jesus, thank God for the greatest gift of all, you know, the ultimate gift. In this passage, he's called the word of truth. He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures through Jesus, we have salvation. Through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension to the right hand of Father. Um, through Jesus, we are welcomed and invited into the family of God, and we enter into eternal life. We find ourselves seated with him in heavenly places, to use that phrase from Ephesians. 
right now. I'm standing, you're sitting, you're seated. Seated with Jesus in the heavenly places. Man, that's pretty good. That's something to be thankful for. Right now, wrapped in the everlasting presence of God, whether we feel it or not, God is all around us. He's omnipresent. And Jesus' robe of righteousness cloaked over our shoulders so that, uh, you know, no matter what we've done, no matter uh, our past and the things that we've done wrong in the past, we're actually robed in his righteousness. He, he puts his ring on our finger. I've got my wedding ring. But we all have this ring of, of God and welcomed into his family sons and daughters of God with a future and a hope co-heirs with Jesus being the first first fruits of his creatures and like thinking about these kinds of things like actually going just bringing it to mind regularly bringing it to mind thinking about it meditating on it chewing on it ruminating on this and then and also speaking it out like the words of our the words that come out of our mouth are powerful and it changes Gradually, maybe, but I think quite quickly it can change our, high, our entire worldview. It changes how we see day-to-day life and the, even the frustrations of day-to-day life. James is a great name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's a really challenging book. I actually wish that James, the book of James in the Bible was, I don't know, a little bit more appetizing. It's a really challenging book. His book, he, James, uh, his book packs a punch. And it, it's not, well, I find that you might be different, but it's not always comfortable to hear or to feel that punch. James was the, um, the books attributed to James, the brother of Jesus, who didn't, didn't, uh, didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God or the Messiah until after Jesus uh, was resurrected. Uh, and so he came to believe that Jesus was the Son of God and the King of Kings, and then he goes on to become one of the founding fathers of the church, of the early church, was, uh, especially in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, you know, that's where Jesus had been, had been crucified, and there's a lot of antagonism between uh, the Jewish Pharisees and the, uh, and the priests of the temple and Christians. So he, he was in the middle of this tension, massive tension and conflict, these, you know, with people who hated Jesus. Um, Paul, who went on uh, to become the Apostle Paul, like he, he hated Christians so much that he would go out hunting for Christians to throw them into prison. And then Jesus met him and he was saved. His whole life was completely changed. But these people, they hated Christians. So James, the brother of Jesus, he was in the middle of this tension. And tradition teaches us that he was martyred either by stoning or by being thrown off the top of the temple and then clubbed to death. And that happened about, uh, it's sort of estimated to be around eighty sixty two, so maybe twenty nine years after after Jesus, after Jesus' crucifixion, he wrote this book. He wrote this challenging book, and this is how he begins. <laughs> How's that an intro, right? James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes in the in the dispersion in the dispersion. Greetings, count it all joy. My brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
That's his intro. <laughs> you know it's going to be a, a tough book when he goes, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. And uh, Eugene Peterson, right off the, off the message, he, he writes, he translates it like this, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work in you so be, you become mature and well-developed, de- well not deficient in any way. And I love getting presents, but this kind of present, right, a sheer gift, Um, God, can I get a different kind of gift? Can I become mature and well-developed and not deficient in any any way in, in another kind of way? Can't you just like flick, you know, click your fingers, wave your magic wand and give, make me, make me perfect, give me fullness of life? But he says, let it do its work in you so become mature and well-developed. Or let it have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete. And it's like it's the way to perfection and the way to being complete is actually through these trials and tests and challenges. Like, talk about countercultural. <laughs> um, we, we run from discomfort we hide and we shelter from, uh, from tests and challenges and trials. And, and when we're in them, um, we, I can't speak for you, you're probably different from me, but I complain. I moan and I rage. And I don't do it on social media, but I do to Tessa. It's <laughs> a bit sick of it. Traffic jams are, I'm getting better on those actually, but, you know, and I'm guilty of it. And uh, thinking, thinking back over 2020, um, and I, I have thought it and I've said it out loud that I can't wait for this year to be over. And I, I repent of that before you. I apologize for that. I think I said this last week. I repent of that because we've got to see things differently, even 2020, even with all its difficulties and the challenges of the year, even the seasons that we face in our lives. And somehow... Somehow becoming this kind of person that James is talking about in this chapter, like count it all joy. Count it all joy. God knows it's not easy. Thanking God for the difficulties. Thanking God for the pleasant things. Oh, sorry, I back it up a bit. So 2020, like somehow seeing this year being somehow differently, right? Somehow... Somehow seeing, seeing these the, the things in our lives which are um, just horrible but as being somehow a gift from God uh, to lead us into, into fullness of life, to uh, lead us into being steadfast, which leads to perfection, which leads to completeness, a life that lacks nothing. Um, uh, James, the book of James is not alone in the New Testament. When you read it uh, and, and you start to notice that actually it talks about uh, suffering quite a lot. Uh, if you imagine that um, coming, coming to God or turning your life over to Jesus is the way to um, uh, having an easy life or a um, comfortable life, then, well, the New Testament and the, the whole Bible kind of says something different about that. 
and that so often in, in these books it kind of talks about the testing that leads to leads to something else it's almost like a like an opportunity or a gateway so thanking thing thanking god for the thanking god for easy thanking god for uh good things pleasant things is uh is a really good thing to do thanking god for our food thanking god for our shoes and our clothes and all these things it's it's a good thing to do and it's easy it's an easy thing to do and it should be something that we actually practice it and remember it, thank, thanking God for what's going on in our lives. And then, uh, and, and then somehow building into our lives a ways, somehow thanking God for even the, even the difficulties. That's hard. That's hard. It involves trust. Trusting that God is God, that God is the King of kings and the Lord of the universe. Um, it involves trust that the inconvenience, I'm kind of like layering it up, like an inconvenience or a difficulty in our, in our day or even, even you know, intense suffering that we, that we face or others face, that actually there's a good purpose connected with it that we might not be able to see. Thanks, Anna, for leading that song, Waymaker, this morning. Even though, even though we can't see it, even though we can't feel you, God, you're moving. God, we're trusting in you. Trusting in God that even in the hardships, he is with us. And that actually he's working things out for good for those who trust him. Second Corinthians is this, says, not that, it says this, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Like that's the promise, eh? An eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. For we, we, uh, as we look not to things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, right? For the things that are, the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are, are eternal. Seeking, seeing things beyond, uh, beyond the moment, beyond the situation. And it's, this is not mind over matter. And this is not positive thinking. It's not. It's not positive think. It's not empty positive thinking. It's. This is like filled. It's. It's actually bringing our situation and our emotions and what we're feeling and everything that's going on and actually bringing that before God and, and trusting Him with it. Even even praying that we'll be the kind of person that James talks about in in this in this first chapter, the kind of person who is who is like Jesus. Um, in Hebrews, it says, In our trials, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joys that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of heaven. And it's absolutely okay to complain to God and to wrestle with God and to yell at God, just like a kid does to their dad when their dad doesn't do what they want. It's okay to do that. That's how children are with their, with their parents. And it's, but somehow doing that in a, in a way that, uh, that, that, that trusts God. In fact, wrestling with God is trusting God. This is powerful. <clears throat> I know it's powerful because in the middle of the night last night, Elena wakes up for no good reason, crying, and, um, and I couldn't sleep for an hour and a half, and then I had to put it into practice. Oh, Lord, help me be thankful with being awake in the middle of the night. And it changes us from the, in, it really does change us from the inside out. 
It changes us from the inside out because we are like choosing to see things differently. And as we, as we do this, we, be, we actually feel different. We actually begin to feel and we're filled with peacefulness. Philippians 4, 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand, everybody. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, right? So beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension, beyond our, our society's understanding of comprehension. Oh, that doesn't make sense, Jesus. That word I just said. Beyond our society's understanding of peace, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, somehow guarding our hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the promise of God, and actually, it's a um, it's a re- it's a reality. You feel it, and I want to tell you a few a few examples. Um, a couple of months ago, uh, I was I was waiting in line in a in a shop in town. It was it was PB Tech. I think I was buying um, something for here here at church, and it was taking ages. It was taking so long, and there was only a couple of people on the counter, and I think I was first in, you know, first in line to go up to the counter. It was just taking so long, and I was like, I just want to, uh, it, was a, it was a day that I was working for CV, and I just um, was getting like just so frustrated and anxious, because I wanted to be back here, right, doing the Lord's work, and it was taking ages, and I, you know, so I remember thinking, oh, Lord, uh, not Lord, I remember thinking to myself, why don't they just have more staff on, you know, on today? <laughs> So they can fulfill my fulfill my requirements, and then, um, and then I remembered. Uh, I'm sure that it was actually God reminding me because I couldn't do this on my on my own. But then I remembered that God is with me all the time, even in PB Tech on Vivian Street, waiting in line. God is with me. God knows. God knows what's going on in my day. God knows what I need to get done when I get back to work. He knows what's going on. He knows that I was waiting there. And really quickly, as, this, as I sort of began to think on this, that, that sort of like stress or that um, frustration I felt, it just ebbed. And then it just kind of floated away. And it became like this moment, um, I guess, of, of encountering God while I'm waiting in line at PB Tech. You, this is, like, you can do this. Anytime that you find yourself waiting, God is with, God is with you in this moment. And and uh, and I and I and when I was there, I was like, "This is a chance to talk to him and actually thank him for this moment. Thank you for this incredible difficulty, Lord, of waiting in line. Thank you that you're leading me to become a more perfect person by having to wait 60 seconds to get to the counter." Um, another another story is uh, I often wake up in the night. Uh, I often wake up in the night and it, and find it hard to get back to sleep. I'll toss and I'll turn and. Um, I'll be really, really tired, um, but my mind is just like, you know, going for it, super active. And then what I've begun recently, and I've found this to be really effective, uh, is to remind myself in that moment that God is with me. God knows I'm awake. God knows I'm frustrated and I want to be asleep. God knows that if I don't get back to sleep, then I'm going to be really tired uh, today. Um, You know, I had this last night. Two forty-five. Elena wakes up, and uh, 
about 4 a.m. I get back to sleep. I'm like, Lord knows he's, that, I'm, that I was going to be playing bass with Anna this morning and, and preaching. He knows I'm going to be tired. And then sort of in this moment, I go, well, thank you, Lord. Um, and the only thing I could think of to thank him was, thank you, Lord, that today I'm, I'm going to be... Um, um, thank you, Lord, that in this moment I get to practice what I preach. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And I tried to, I tried to think, I tried to think of things. I go, oh, thank you, Lord, that it's that it's so silent in my room. Or thank you, Lord, that my bed is um, pretty comfortable. You know, it's comfortable. And that um, I just try to think of, I just try to list them. And um, so many times, actually, and especially in the past few weeks, I found that I've drifted off to sleep as I'm, I'm trying to think of things to thank God for. Amazing. It's actually really, really amazing. Uh, also, another story. A wee while ago. Um, <clears throat> I missed, I missed my train. I usually catch the train from Petoni in, into town. And I missed my train, and it was like by the closest of margins, running for the train. And as I get to the door, the door starts closing. And, and you know that if it's closing, you're not getting in that train, right? Unless you want to kind of lose a limb. Um, and I'm sure it stops. But um, the door was closing as I got to it, and, <laughs> and I was so mad. Like, oh, goodness me. I'm so mad. I was so annoyed. And I was standing there, like, uh, waiting at the train station. I was just, uh, just like, you know, now I've got to wait five minutes for the next train. And um, <laughs> don't tell me you don't do this. I know that we're, I know it's just, well, I think that it's all of us. I was so annoyed. And then, and then our workmate turns up, uh, a friend of mine from work. And, um, and so we end up catching the train together. And as we catch, caught the train, uh, we began to talk about um, talk about our work, and we began to came, uh, we came up with an uh, with an idea. Uh, so, for some of those you, you don't know, I'm, I also work at a scientist at, at Victoria University doing doing research. And um, anyway, me and my workmate, we we came up with a a new avenue of research, and it was so awesome. Then I go into my boss when I get there, and I got 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 this great idea, and he goes, "That's a great idea," and uh, and it really was. And the, the amazing thing is that wouldn't have happened if I'd caught that train. Right? You don't know. You don't know. We don't know. But we always always have these choices. Um, either to trust God in the moment, trusting God that, oh, okay, Lord, well, you know I've missed the train, so uh, you know what I need to do today. Trusting God and then, um, and then thanking him for it too. Thanking him for it. Somehow thanking God for the missed train. So in practicing thankfulness, um, it changes us from the inside out because we're training ourselves to trust God. Uh, thankfulness, um, the kind of thankfulness I'm talking about today is a, is a, de- is a decision. It's not, not a, necessarily a feeling. Training ourselves to trust in God that he is always in control. And, and this, I think, just logically leads to peace. But I think more than that, actually, the Holy Spirit actually fills us with peace in these moments. And we see things differently. And we begin to see signs of God's kingdom uh, working, moving in our lives, and even in, the, even in the lives of others, and even in the world. And it overflows. Oh, this, is, this is probably something that really excites me, is how, how this really overflows. Um, I, I mentioned before about having a workmate who just, you know, being around her made me feel... Made me feel um, pretty bad about being at work um but the same is true for uh, for hearts that are overflowing with thankfulness or gratitude uh to god the opposite is true when we practice thankfulness we begin overflowing with with hope and positivity and this changes 
changes, changes the vibe of places. It changes atmospheres. It, we, uh, we're called to be salt and light, and this, I think, helps us to be salt and light, to bring, to bring joy into our workplaces, to bring joy into our, into our classrooms, um, our meetings, our interactions, uh, interactions with bus drivers. Why did I write that? <laughs> and so on. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Um, you know, and, and I reckon, like, it's actually no wonder that the, that, that the folk over in the U.S. end up having this annual holiday to celebrate Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is contagious. It's contagious. You can thank God. Maybe you've got, like, a, a difficult meeting coming up with somebody uh, or, or you've got a difficult event coming up, and you can actually thank God in advance and going, Lord, I, 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 in my flesh, I don't want to go through all this, but you, uh, you're, uh, this is an opportunity to actually um, become um, the person that you're calling me to be and to enter into that fullness of life. Thank you, God. Share for your sheer gifts. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to do, I just want to do a wee, a wee practical exercise this morning. Um, but before before I do that, um, last week I set you a challenge, and the challenge was to have a day where you didn't uh, look at the news uh, or social media. Put out your hand if you did that. Did anyone do that? Did it feel good? Yeah? Was it good? Did it feel good? Yeah, would you do it again? Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Good work. Um, if you haven't done that yet, the idea is like to just take a, take a day where uh, you, where you don't need to look at the don't need to look at the news. You don't need to engage with social media, and um, and just see how just see how that goes. Perhaps what you could do is every time you like reach for your phone or, or go to look at the the news or social media, uh, remind yourself that God is in control, that God is with you, and use it as opportunity to meet with Him. This week's challenge <laughs> is to daily that each day you can. Uh, we're going to begin in a second. Uh, but every day, have, have a time to thank God. That's it. And to have a moment where you just, uh, just, just thank him for everything you can think of uh, from that day. Uh, or maybe you could go big, really big picture for salvation and, and, um, and the ultimate gift of all. But just, just thank God. You don't have to do it for ages. Just thank God. You can. I like. I think it's a good idea to to set a time. Maybe you could um, set a time on set a time on your phone, like a a, a point in the day where I don't know. It could be first thing in the morning. It could be lunchtime. It could be when you go to bed, and thank God. And uh, even uh, even um, even if you can, like to uh, to bring your difficulties to God. And to not pretend that they're not difficult, but to somehow invite his perspective into that and to go, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't like it. Um, but see if, you, uh, see if you can thank God, thank God for those things and to consider it a sheer gift. Um, thanksgiving. Lord, we thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, that you lay everything aside to come come to earth, to go to the cross, to die on our behalf, to be resurrected on our behalf, to be to be ascended, that you are right now reigning on reigning on high. We thank you, God. We thank you that you have a future and a hope. Uh, for us as, you, as your children, as your sons and daughters. Thank you that you never leave us or forsake us.
Thank you, Lord, for your promise of peace that passes all understanding. Thank you, Lord, that you are calling us higher, ever calling us higher, giving us opportunity after opportunity to trust you and to walk with you. Thank you, Lord, that you're calling us and leading us into um, being complete and being perfect. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you love your church so much. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the, you're the way, the truth, and the life. That we can enter in, into the, the Father's throne room and become part of, the, part of the kingdom family through you, Jesus. We just thank you. And God, I pray for us as a church, Lord, for everybody here, that um, the rest of this week, Lord, you'd, you'd remind us of, uh, of the fact that you're with us. You'd remind us of the truth and that you would give us the faith to believe that you're with us. Lord, you'd help us to see things differently. You'd help us to see, thing, see things through the lens of your, your advancing kingdom. You'd help us to seek first your kingdom and, and your righteousness, Lord God. We thank you and we honor you today. <laughs> Amen.